0: Previously, on the Jay and Dan Podcast.
1: Mm -hmm. You know when a sweat drips down the back of your legs while you're sleeping. Yeah, Mm. woke up in that. Oh, that's hot.
2: Tell us more.
1: (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like my um, Wayne Manor.
2: And you're the superhero who takes care of all the crime in the fourth of lakes region.
1: No, no, I'm the butler.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Quality of play and... uh, yeah, I just like the idea of doing it. Tulsi, is that are you pumping in birds singing? <laughs> I know it
1: sounds singing? like a, it sounds like I'm at the Masters, but no, there's a conservation land right behind here. That's real bird noise. Mm-hmm. I'm just laughing at the noises. It sounds like full-on orgy every animal back there yes mm-hmm. wait wait jim i had an idea though how to end this you're sitting next to a pool i'm sitting next to a pool i say we do dueling cannonballs i'm down mm-hmm. he's
0: going in. He's in there <laughs> best ending ever mm-hmm. do they call you drippy
2: eye on right they call me the drip <laughs> You're
1: listening to the Jay and Dan Podcast, brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. Dance. Dance. Alexa, what's the date today? It's Tuesday, 2nd of June. June 2nd, 2020. Again, we're at home. I have no idea what the date is from day in and day out. I feel like
2: once the month changes, you should have a little bit of a handle on that, no?
1: Nah, it's all all one big Sunday.
2: I will say that we should explain that we are now back on Skype on the Jane Dan podcast brought to you by our friends at McDonald's. And the reason for that is, well, many reasons, but... Last week, you just heard there, Dan and Engineer Jim did dueling cannonballs into their respective pools, but we did not capture that on video because of Zoom. I was describing the video, and Zoom uh, goes right to the person talking, so we missed the video. Uh, we blame the technology 100%, but it's a real shame. Because, like, stop! Well, golly, stop! You're devastated about this <laughs> whole thing. Yeah, I was pretty crushed. I'm not gonna lie. I was looking forward to, you know, that going viral, and because uh, <laughs> we had a good, like, we had a great view of it on like the split screen, but the way Zoom records it, uh, it only captured you <laughs> and Taggart. So, and that was boring. So the moral (laughs) of the story is, hey, Zoom, you're gone. You're out. You had your moment at the beginning of COVID. Now you're gone. We're back on Skype.
1: And that that should be Skype's slogan. Skype, hey, we're still here. Hey,
2: your ID, your Skype ID still doesn't make sense, but (laughs) we'll make sure you get those cannonballs on camera.
1: Skype, you'll never find anyone you're trying to talk to, and it'll take 30 minutes to set them up, but we're still here. Hey, Skype,
2: uh, Good luck. If you know your own Skype ID, you're the in the minority for sure. Uh, But if you want us to get a cannonball on camera, we got (laughs) you. Got this. Uh, Maybe we could get you guys maybe later this summer, Dan, you and Engineer Jim could could recreate it, could give it another go. Because I think that I know if I know one thing, I know you're up for it and I know for sure Jim is up for it. There is no doubt about that.
1: Oh, yeah. Sitting down, I get uh, all sweaty. So jumping into a pool as soon as we're done this, that's a dream come true.
2: Now, this is exciting because you were in uh, your secret layer last week. But now- this wait.
1: You to center up. Can I just point out something? I've got Twitter open. You know what's trending right now in Canada? Butts. <laughs> Butts is trending in Canada.
2: Kind of different than the Twitter trending list I saw earlier today. Yeah, okay, sorry I uh, interrupted you. Yes, uh, continue. No, no, I was just going to say you're back in your uh, your country kitchen, as you like to call it. You're back in your rustic country kitchen.
1: That's right, because, drum roll please, we added a, a new child to the mix this week. Oakland, Eleanor, Sandra, Newman, O'Toole. Um, so I had to come back to the the country retreat because... It's so a lot of kids and a lot of crying. So, uh, you aren't guaranteed uh, silence now. So, that's why I'm here.
2: So, what you essentially are telling the listeners and viewers is that as soon as the baby arrived, you hightailed it out of there.
1: That's right. Daddy, go bye bye. Sorry, I've, uh, I've got cords all over the room, and the cats are chewing on every one of them. So, uh, cords all over the room. <laughs> of this setup uh so oakland's healthy born seven pounds uh 19 inches born on uh may 26th uh one day before your daughter that's right that's right uh isabel and um mom and uh baby are healthy she's back up to her um uh, her fighting weight because babies always lose weight once they uh, they're out of the womb i always i'm always so intrigued so i'm I'm like grilling the doctors and stuff while they're delivering the baby. I'm like, what's that first breath like? It's got to be. They're like, there are so many things that happen on that baby's first breath. And I'm like, tell me them all. <laughs> they, they're like, we're kind of busy here.
2: Yeah, we got another <laughs> six babies to deliver. What was it like, though, like with, with, with COVID and everything? Uh, you were at the Peterborough Hospital. Yeah. What was can you describe what was what was happening and what it's like to uh, have a a baby, you and your uh, your lady having a baby at the the hospital in the midst of this uh, this pandemic?
1: Uh, Strange to say, but maybe the best time to have a baby because no one's at the hospital. Talk to all the doctors. They're like, all of a sudden, people aren't just coming to emergency with uh, uh, I got a headache. Uh, I don't know what's wrong. No one in emergency, and if people know Peterborough, there's usually. And I, think, tr- we I yeah. think we do. Think
2: we do. There's
1: there's usually a three hour wait at emerge. Uh, so there was obviously you don't go to an emergency when you're delivering a baby, but the rest of the hospital empty. Uh, they give a screening process um, when you get in there, ask you all the questions. The only down. The, the, the downfall was we couldn't get a private room because... Oh,
2: couldn't get a private room.
1: Well, no, because they give them... It's first come, first serve there. Um, they didn't give them to anyone because they were kept for COVID mothers, which there were none of. So there were 10 private rooms and like, I didn't hear another baby. I saw one other baby. So there was no one in there. It was silent at night. And if you've ever spent the night on a uh, maternity ward, there's crying at all hours, zero. It's like the baby's new, I, I better be quiet. I mean, isn't
2: that funny when you think back and I know we keep referencing it, you think back to the Bruce Arthur interview we did that terrified all of our listeners, terrified stuff, terrified you, terrified me, when he was talking about tents outside of the hospitals uh, you know excessive overpopulation not beyond and it goes so it goes from, so obviously the peterborough hospital pr- was preparing for that right they were preparing for that inevitability and that just hasn't come to fruition and smooth sailing for
1: you uh you new parents yeah so uh yeah and i guess their their icu had all been converted over to covid but they converted it back because it wasn't needed. There are cases in Peterborough, and there's been one, maybe two deaths there. The only fear they have is, uh, so people across Canada, they, my hometown is the gateway to the Kawartha, so it's the gateway to the cottage country. So they, they fear people from Toronto are going to bring it to Peterborough. So that's their biggest right. fear. So they're still bracing for that, hoping it doesn't happen.
2: I mean, the cottage thing is so fascinating. Uh, it's a, such an Ontario thing. You know, out west they call them cabins. I know they call them camps in a lot of Atlantic Canada. Uh, but the cottage thing is so—you know—it's such a part of Ontario culture and the Kawartha's. Um, yeah, it's it's one of those those debates that that everyone was having when this started. Are the cottagers going to be able to go to the cottage? And will the people who live in cottage country year-round want them there? And at the beginning, it seemed like they did not want them there. Now it's kind of loosened up. And if you think of cottages in general, that's a pretty great place to self-isolate as long as you're not hanging around in town and going to the local Orno bars.
1: Yeah, as long as you get your groceries at your grocery store, that's the problem. Some people have been confronted at grocery stores saying, I can't believe... You're here doing this, and the people are like, uh, "I live here. I, where am I, also, I was supposed to get?" My groceries. <laughs> but and right. and um, hats off to everyone in Peterborough, seeing way more people wear masks. Howard Stern mentioned it on the show today. He's like, "If everyone just wore a mask, this would be over so much quicker." Just you, you, you feel weird wearing it first, but then you're like, "Hey, this is what you should be doing." And people see you, and they're like, "Oh crap! I should. I forgot to bring mine in." They go to their car, they get their mask. E- It's just the smart thing to do. So I saw a lot more people doing that in my hometown. So I was very happy to see that.
2: And not to be a downer, but I mean, walking around downtown, I see so many people without masks. And I see a lot of people without masks in stores. I can understand it, I suppose, if you're just walking down the street, you're you're far away from people, hey man, take that mask off, no worries. But as soon as you're going into a store, It should just be automatic. You should have it in your pocket at all times. Just throw that baby on. Uh, There's all these cool ones out there now with smiley faces and cool designs you can get. You can look really hip. I will say, though, it is still a little bit jarring. People in masks just walk around the front of my house like, oh yeah, that's what we all do now.
1: We all wear masks. So here's a mask story. This happened yesterday. So I'm in Peterborough. Um, Go get gas. tap the thing, take off, get home. All of a sudden, there's, there's a voicemail saying uh, the driver of, and they described the vehicle with a license plate, um, a 50-something man wearing a mask filled up the vehicle, um, tried to tap his car, didn't work, filled up the vehicle, and then left without paying. So uh, if you could call us back here at the, the police station or just go to the gas station and pay, then, uh, then that'd be great. That So I was very offended. I'm 44. I was described as a 50-something man in a mask. Not
2: just 50, 50 50-something. Dan O'Toole, you remember that show 30-something? You're going to be starring in the new Crave series
1: 50-something. So I called the uh, the police officer, uh, left him a message. I said, first off, I have a complaint. (laughs) I told him about the description. But it's so weird because he described wearing a mask. It's like I held the place up. And I'm, that's the first time that's ever happened. Tap didn't go through, but the pump still worked. So I went back, explained to the guy. I'm like, I'm so, he's like, yeah, not a big deal. I'm like, wow, these people are pretty nonchalant about me going away with free gas.
2: Yeah. I mean, they probably thought you were a, a retiree. <laughs> the description. <laughs> or, you know just a local. and mentality. now that i
1: think about it because i got out of the vehicle my back's really been hurting me lately so i was like ah i was like stretching by the pump doing like yeah. the old guy like oh my back <laughs> oh, my
2: back my back
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i uh i stole gas but then went back and paid for it
2: for you and
1: you know this is uh, this is what happens
2: when you have a, a beautiful head of uh, silvery hair uh, it's hard to place your age sometimes and then you got that big beard going right now uh, so it's a lot of factors people are probably giving you a double take how old is this guy like when Duffy Duffy turned 54 two weeks ago or 55 even he I mean that guy never ages he actually looks better now we we always make fun of the of the shots of him like from the early 2000s where he's got like the oversized jackets and his hair was kind of combed straight down for some reason like he looked worse back then he looked like a crack addict back then
1: and remember stoff went on vacation with him so he saw him shirtless isn't duffy like buff oh he's ripped what the heck is happening
2: with we got to figure out we got to have him back on and we got to figure out the secret to success in terms of his, uh, his de-aging. He's the Benjamin. Well,
1: button. here's the – I already know Duffy's response. I don't know, guys. It's just like it's – he's like yeah. never – Well, <laughs> he's just like
0: he, – he's
2: just, you know, coasting through life. Like, oh, whoops, another
1: victory for me.
2: You know? Oh, oh
1: what? Right- and he would just won another award last week. I'm like, how many does he have? He won last week. He – I don't know. He won some award. I sent him congratulations. <laughs> I think it was the Canadian Screen Award or something. That oh,
2: experience. that's right. Because they were la- <laughs> That's so funny. My friend Mark produces um, Amazing Race Canada. And he posted because they won for best reality show, I guess. And he was posting, you know, all, you know, thanks to all my crew and that. And I'm like, what? Do you, what do you do? Like, I texted him. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, the screenies. They were this week. I'm like, what? How were they awarded? (laughs) (laughs) Like, did they mail it to you? Did they ship it to you in a FedEx box? It was a DM. It was a direct message. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I can't wait to be
1: nominated for one someday.
2: I don't see that happening for you, Tulsi, especially with your age. I mean, yeah. you're, you're over are <laughs> No, but now.
1: I think, like, I get a participation award at the end of, like, my broadcast career because I'm over 20 years already, so they're going to say, hey, this guy was in the business a while. I'll get something. Yeah,
2: it's like the Cecil B. DeMille Award at the Oscars <laughs> that they give to the actors or directors who haven't won probably quite enough considering the career that they've had. You, that will be you. And I look <laughs> forward to... Um, What I look forward to the most when they present that to you, because I assume everything will be kind of back to normal at that point, is that you'll be in the audience and they will do that montage of your (laughs) career. And they'll show you as this young, fresh-faced kid when you started at TSN. And then they'll show you at the gas station in Peterborough (laughs) trying to steal gas. And it'll be like, whoa, what happened to him? Look at him, he looks 50-ish.
1: And then people will forget the mask. They're like, and he's wearing a mask? What is he doing?
2: <laughs> what is going on with this guy? Is he a
1: germaphobe now? What's,
2: <laughs> what happened to O'Toole? The whole career has just gone downhill. So, yeah, I look forward to that. I hope I get the chance to speak at that Canadian Screen Awards ceremony honoring you with the
1: Knowlton Nash Award for longevity. <laughs> 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 That's going to be entertaining. Can't wait. Uh, Mike. My- kitchen is hot my kitchen is hot as hell and ron is just being a jerk he's just like stop just stop
2: the cat who uh, as you know folks if you watch us on the television is the breakout star he is the breakout star of sports center with jay and dan at home hey it's like it's as if he knows dan it's as if he knows you're doing the show and he's like that guy who stands behind Duffy at the World Juniors and tries to get on camera. He, that's
1: too wrong. Well, here's what it is. Because the counter is at perfect, like, at no other point during the day is he at, like, eye level with me until I right. do the show. And then he's like, all right, here we go. Right. Now I'm going to well, see him eye to eye. And- and again, you have another cat who seems to shun the
2: spotlight, not interested in the in the bright lights of television.
1: Yeah, she's or, weird.
2: She's, she's she's just weird, Ginny. Did you guys see that Joe Rogan sold his podcast to Spotify for a hundred million or so?
1: Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa. Okay, so I saw it move to Spotify, but he sold it to them.
2: Well. Sold the rights, right, Christoph? I would say sold the rights. So,
3: so it's an exclusive deal.
2: So, as of it doesn't happen right away, but in about a year, like for now, you can still get his podcast on all the platforms, just as you can with us. But in about a year, a la Howard Stern, being only on SiriusXM, you will only be able to get Joe's po- podcast on Spotify because Spotify is trying to become this American hub of podcasts, and I guess Canadian too hub of podcasts they they bought the ringer bill simmons site basically only for the podcast right for the podcast traffic so they want to become the home of podcasts among the streaming services so yeah 100 million so i guess my question for you guys and and this is exciting because um we all have a stake in the jay and dan podcast how long until spotify comes knocking on our doors and with some of that sweet sweet cash to make the uh the jdp (laughs) exclusive to the spotify
1: 100 100 million
2: yeah buddy oh yeah my like God. like joe needs the cash but now he's got
1: more of it those dollar dollar bills y'all
2: <laughs> yeah yeah i mean even if they if they gave thousand we'd go and we'd be like we'll
1: take it yeah we'd be like kramer with the coffee deal they're like we'll give you free coffee for like do will take it i'll take it uh we'll do it yeah
2: so I thought that was interesting because it's interesting to see where the industry is going. I know podcast traffic is down over the course of this pandemic because of the commuting being down. Correct, Seth? Yeah. Would that make, Would that be
1: right? 100%. Yeah, I, would,
2: I would assume so. Stream numbers are a bit down for podcasting in general overall. Um,
1: before we get to our guests, can I read my tweet that I sent earlier this week that on May 30th, Sure. Because, again, I just didn't want to tweet like, hey, my cat just farted or something stupid. I'm like, all this stuff's going on in the States. People are protesting. I want to just say something. So I sent a tweet out. And I don't know what happened. But people here, I'll just read it. This is the first part. This is the part people had problems with. I said, I grew up in rural Canada. I could not have been further from knowing what racism looked like. That changed when I moved to L.A. Co-workers told me that as kids, they'd get stopped by police every day on the way home from school. For what? For being black. So what people had a problem with, saying, I grew up in rural Canada, I could not have been further from knowing what racism looked like. People, like just today, a person sent me a tweet saying, I grew up in rural Canada too, you guys are the most racist. I was speaking about racism and people came at me saying like, what are you talking about? Other people saying, I grew up five minutes from you, everyone's racist. I called my siblings, I called my neighbors, I called my mother. I'm like, mom, no one spoke poorly about anyone else around us, right? She's like, no. And if they did, we would never associate with those people. Like, there was not racist terms, there was not racist language, nothing like that. And then people were just saying, like, you grew up in the country, people are racist. Okay, maybe where you are, not where I was. I went to a school of 60 kids. And but yes, we all had the same colored skin. So we didn't hear racism. No one spoke poorly of anyone. And then people are saying, you're now claiming you're from a farm. You always say you're from Peterborough. And I had to say, yes, there's racism everywhere. There's racism in Peterborough. But where I was on that farm, there was no racism. We would associate with other farmers and go to church at the, the community church and go to school. So yes, we were blind to it. But to call the people I lived with racist is not right. So I took great offense to that. And maybe I could have phrased my tweet better saying like, as my brother's, my brother Vince sent me a tweet. He goes, what would a white kid who grew up on a farm in Canada know about what it's like being black in LA? So that that's what I was trying to get across. So yes, we've had racism in the entire history of Canada. I just, I just took offense to people saying that everyone I grew up with was racist. I'm like, because that's the furthest thing from the truth. No. If people spoke those words around us, my parents must have shielded me from it, or we just didn't associate with cruel people.
2: Yeah. And, you know, you said rural Canada. I mean, to a lot of people, I think Peterborough... Like it's a
1: city, right? <laughs> so Well, that's that's I the think- thing, because I did grow up in the country outside Peterborough. I grew up in a, right. a community called Autonomy. Um, so I just want to get off my, that off my chest, because people are saying, you should be fired. I'm like, what the f*** is going on? I'm talking about, I can't imagine what it's like being a, a black kid growing up in L.A. And people saying I should be fired? I'm like, what the f-?
2: I I think, so... You know, I think for some people, they associated what you said. I grew up in rural Canada. I couldn't have been further from racism immediately in our country. If uh, if you're Aboriginal, if you're Native Canadian, you might take offense to that, yes, right? Yes, yes.
1: And I totally understand that. And people respond and say, here's what someone called me at your high school. I'm like, that is horrible. And I, I can't imagine that. So, yes, I yeah. should maybe could have worded it better. So, there.
2: Yeah. It's, I mean... The, I thought you said yesterday on the TV show. So you're you're taking Fridays off. I'm taking Mondays off. So I'm I'm not working. I watch on the show, and you said like I thought you said it best. Like I didn't send any tweets because I I just uh, there's so many there's <laughs> so many reasons, but mostly I just feel like and you said it on the show like I just need to just sit and listen. I just need to sit yeah. and listen to what everyone's saying. Um, I think the the safest and and most constructive thing, if there is something that an African-American that you admire or love or respect says that you think is poignant, retweeting is great in that sense. But I just stayed off social media in in that aspect because I I felt a couple of things that maybe uh, my words would be misconstrued just as yours were. But I also just felt like I couldn't really offer much yeah. of the conversation. I, I just couldn't. And I come from a community in Alberta where there were lots of natives and there was lots of racism against native people in that town. And we all know what happened. We all know it's still happening there. Uh, but that's a lot different than what is being protested in the United States right now. It's a lot different. It's a different thing. Um and and and, you know not to say one's more important or less important than the other it's just different um so so yeah it's uh man it's so tough because everybody's so riled up and so passionate about it most of it in a good way i will say one thing like when you sent that and then I saw that, that people were coming after you, so I, I started to read the comments. Like most of the comments were actually quite positive. I think people did understand what you
1: were saying for the I most know, but part. I you, you know so what it's, like, it's like, like. All
2: of social media, it's like there's a couple of bad apples, and they you, kind of you, stand you up. You
1: latch onto the negative comments, and then when these two guys, they just started like, "You should be fired, Dan, oh fool." I'm like, "What the hell?" And then it started getting into – like, you say you're from Peterborough. I said, but I grew up on a farm outside Peterborough. So you always say you're from... I'm like, where's going on with this conversation? Like, yes, I know there's racism everywhere. It's just, we never heard it growing up on a farm. So yes, that's... We didn't turn a blind eye. We just didn't know about it. That's, that's all I was saying. I grew up picking stones, feeding pigs... Ride my bike down to Ryan Fitzgerald's to play hockey. Ride my bike back. It's just it's like it just it was. It couldn't be more foreign than me. Foreign to me, being a white faced kid on a farm in Canada. That's all I was trying to say.
2: Right, and yeah. Then you get to the states, and we work with a lot of black guys, and it's just uh, yeah. Just hearing their stories were, was just unbelievable. Uh, the yeah. Way so they, let's call up one up. of them.
1: When I was yeah. referring to the co-worker where he gets stopped on the way home from school, that's our guest today, Ephraim Salam, who we work with at Fox, uh, former NFLer. Just a great guy.
2: Yeah. Hey, there you are,
0: Ephraim Salam.
1: Yes! <laughs> what? What? How are you? Here's the thing. Here's the thing with Ephraim. Ephraim is a guy... That whenever you see Ephraim, you smile.
3: <laughs>
1: you are that Joy. you you are just a, a pleasure of a human.
3: How you guys doing, man? We're,
1: We're great. doing great. We're
3: great. You, Jay froze.
1: <laughs> Jay, you froze there. <laughs> oh, sorry. I
2: said I said it looks like you're in your grandma's bedroom or something. it has got beautiful <laughs> beard. <beer.
1: laughs>
3: Ephraim, where are how are you buddy? Yeah, where are you? How are you? I'm in uh I'm in LA. I'm at the house in Studio City. Um trying to find someone to come homeschool my children because I'm over it now. I just uh, uh, I want to give them back now. Oh, we're, your video last week. You. So you should
1: follow uh, Ephraim on social media. You posted a video, the camera's just on you, and you're like, I can't I can't do it.
3: I, I can't I've had enough it. of these kids. <laughs> I I don't I mean I can't do it. I I just, it's, it's several moments in the day where I, I, I come to that realization that I'm not cut out for, for this. Like, I couldn't be a stay-at-home dad. Like, I would, I, I don't know. I would give my children away. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ephraim, um, have
1: you talked to guys who are still in the NFL, who are like, get me back to the gym, get me out of this house, I'll go train for 12 hours a day?
3: Yeah, but the thing is, they know it's coming, Right. Like, for us coming folk, like, we just here at home. Like, the NFL is going to be the one sports organization that doesn't miss a beat. Like, they won't miss a game or anything like that. So, the guys pretty no, – like, during this time, they're usually gearing up to, 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 to start going on their last vacation, and then they'll go into training camp in July. So – they have a running clock, and they know at, at a certain time you can just check out and go to go to training camp. Like for us, we're we're in it. We we locked <laughs> in. I, I, I don't have anywhere to go.
2: <laughs> How old are your kids now, Ephraim? They are eight and five. Oh, so that's like kind of that's tough. I feel yeah. like that might be the toughest ages.
3: Yeah, because they're both boys, and they both. Um, they don't listen. Like, is that a... I kept, as a dad, I would think back, and I'm like, did I not listen as much as they did? Like, I'm, t- I'm, trying, to, I'm trying to be partial, right? I'm trying to be fair. So I'm like, I, did my dad have to ask me 94 times <laughs> in one day to pick one thing up? I'm, I just don't. I I, I can't. I, I don't know. I can't. Re, I can't. You know what? I, those memories. You know what? I tell my daughters because
1: you, you guys probably the same growing up. If our parents ever had to repeat something like to tell you to do something, oh, the look you would get, <sighs> you'd never do that again. I, I tell my kids, I'm like, if my dad ever had to ask me twice to do something, like it was a different time, dad. Right. It's different exactly. now. I'm like, cop.
3: Exactly. On. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh I'm trying to trying to keep it together, guys. <laughs> I'm trying to keep it together. See, there's one of them right there, just about to be oh, on Skype. You. Get out of here. Beat it. <laughs> 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 kids, you, man. Uh,
2: what's your what's your work schedule like right now Ephraim? from
3: what's um, what's going on with you? I'm writing. I'm writing on the television show right now. Um, So we're writing from home. And, um, you know, I do the weekly uh, the weekend uh, radio, Fox Sports Radio. So I'm I'm pretty open. I have I have too much time to maybe I hope I, I wish I was busier. That way, I wouldn't right. have to homeschool so much, you know. <laughs> yeah, because Ephraim, you're could... you're a movie producer,
1: like you yeah. produce movies, so everything is shut down in that industry.
3: Yeah, we were supposed to be uh, actually in production for a TV show and a film uh, this summer. Like, I would be in Atlanta now shooting both of those, uh, and I'm not. I'm at home at my din- at my dining room table here. Uh, this is uh we had a big movie coming out for our company. Uh, on the nineteenth of this month, it was our first summer release, and we was very excited. We were very excited, mm. and that went away. Yeah. Uh, the good thing is, we've got another release date. The movie is called Fatal, and it's released through Lionsgate, and uh, October thirtieth is our new release date. So, you know, fingers crossed that holds up for us.
2: Yeah. Do you? Uh, how do you think the industry? Do you? Think- See theatrical releases continuing the same way they always have, Ephraim, and the. I I think
3: I I think they'll come back and they'll come back strong because number one, people want a a break. Yeah, people want out of
0: their houses.
3: People want people want to get out. People want a break, and people want to be uh, transported to another dimension, so to speak. And that's what film does: film, books, music, concerts, all of those things, sports—they take us away from. Our everyday uh, grind and our, our the mental wear and tear of our lives, and so once we get this Corona thing under control, and you know there'll be new social distancing guidelines for theaters and all that, but I think film will come back in a strong way. But I also think um, this time has, has has forced studios to to really look into other. Forms of 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 distribution. We see, we've seen a lot of big movies. Trolls was the biggest movie. Yeah. I think it just came right on uh, uh, VOD. That's and right. de- depending on what that revenue stream looks like, I've always said, and I said this I think about four years ago, that if I were Marvel and Avengers or that whole franchise, like a tentpole franchise, Fast and the Furious, those type of movies, what I would do is I would have my normal release schedule. But on the first weekend, I would allow the movie to be rented. You can name your price. Say a hundred dollars, right? Right. On that, on that Saturday, Sunday, or Friday, Saturday, you have an opportunity to rent the Avengers as it was in the movie theaters. Yeah, uh, four hundred dollars
0: yeah, at an accelerated price, at a
2: higher you, price.
3: You you know what I mean? And so. Yeah. You know, people will be like, hey, you want to come over, watch Avengers? You bring $5, $10. We are, you know, I'll pay for you. But that revenue stream in itself, it'll still do a billion dollars in the box office. But that you just happen into another revenue stream. And so, you know, maybe, you know, being forced to 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 have movie theaters closed, maybe that'll be uh, another Direction Studio. Wait, wait,
1: Ephraim, you're saying that when I have people over to watch a pay-per-view UFC event, I can collect money?
3: (laughs) yes. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, yes, you can.
1: I should be doing that.
3: <laughs> Especially whoever
1: has the biggest TV
2: last week, Ephraim. It's not going well for him. Here.
3: <laughs> Are you guys like in the same house, just in different rooms? <laughs> no, we're uh, we're one hour apart. One hour apart. apart, and and, and how was that going for you guys? I know um, you guys. Uh, the proverbial joined at the hip. Are you guys okay? Are you guys uh, you guys making yeah, it? Yeah,
2: well, like Dan, it would be like Dan living in Redondo Beach and me living in Studio City, kind of, you know, like, it, mm-hmm. which is basically what kind of happened when we lived in LA. So I don't know. Right. Maybe that's just what works for us, you know? <laughs> yeah, we right. separate when we are off camera and then we come together when we're on camera.
3: Let, Jay, let me ask you something. What do you have on? on the lower half there.
2: Oh, like what am I wearing? Yes. This is a jacket. No, 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 it.
3: not up top. We can see up top. Just something tells me that oh. the bottom doesn't match the top with you.
2: Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, I got shorts on. <laughs>
3: they're, they're jean shorts too. Okay, <laughs>
2: Take me back to the 90s. Jorts, we
3: got
2: shorts. <laughs> Let me just roll those up like a hipster if I could
3: yeah very oh man look yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Very angus young hey buddy i have a question are you is there a curfew in studio city yes. right now
3: 5 p.m 5 wow. p.m yeah it's uh it's it's pretty intense out here so yeah, like
1: so yeah everything going on from this you're a black man in america are are you like okay here we go again or are you thinking okay finally something's gonna happen
3: you know, it's a combination of both because this is a story we've seen so many times. This is not a new story. What happened to George Floyd or Breonna Taylor or, or the woman calling the man on the door, you know, the police on the, the bird watcher. These are things that are in it. has been. They have been inundated in our in our country, in our society for since the dawn, since the beginning of this 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 country. And the response, though is been different and the response and the the, the magnitude of the response and the, the sheer size of the response um, is you know it you know actions speak louder and what's happening is the black lives movement black lives mattered movement has been going for for a while it has never had more traction or more supporters than it has now. And that's a positive thing because um, it matters and it, and it means something. And until it matters on uh, a judicial level, then it's, it's all for not. Right. So in, 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 until it matters uh, in a police on a policing level. And on a mayoral level and a governorship level, like, that's when change happens. And we're seeing that now. We're seeing prominent police officers, police chiefs come out and speak of, uh, uh, about what's happening and and condemning, condemning uh, everything that's going on. Hey, I, I'm sorry. I can't with these kids.
1: Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. <laughs>
3: It's, uh, um, talk, talk about a Like I'm pointing, go the other way. He's just gonna do his own thing. Someone's not eating tonight. I can tell you that. But it's was, you know, it's,
2: Can I ask you something? Yeah, like ab- you're, absolutely. You have an eight. You have an eight and a five-year-old. Like one thing that has been talked about so much over the course of the last week is the fact that uh, not just black people, but everybody has to talk to their kids about racism. Mm-hmm. At what age can you talk to them about it? And what do you say to them? Have you had those conversations with your sons already about
3: it? No, you know, I personally, uh, I, wanna, I, wanna pres- I wanna protect them longer. Right. And, 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 and some people may agree or disagree with that, but for me, um taking away a child's innocence when it's not warranted now granted um with through my successes i've been able to afford our family with the ability to be in places like studio city um which you know although it has its own challenges it definitely negates a, a lot of other, of the other challenges when when it, when it comes to things a, a child shouldn't shouldn't be exposed to and right. so i think it's very important for a child to be a child for as long as he can be and i don't need him to have anxiety or be or grow up to be anti-police because he doesn't quite understand what's going on or what i'm trying to tell him Right? It's all about them being able to comprehend what I'm trying to get across. And, you know, eight-year-old, five-year-old, they, they don't have the bandwidth to be able to, you know, my, my one of my closest friends is an LAPD, right? So he's out dealing with what's going on right now. I talk to him all the time. I'm, I'm extremely worried about him. He's like, he's an uncle to my children, right? So I don't want to ever you know, undermine their relationship because they may not understand that all police aren't bad and they just will see things that they won't be able to process and they'll form their own, you know, uh, uh, opinions. And I'm I'm trying to keep them from that as much as possible. Right. So
1: if Ephraim, in mean, conversations we had when we worked together, you would tell me about your upbringing and how you'd be harassed by police, mm-hmm. how um, you and your family, you'd hear the police rolling down your neighborhood and you have to hit the floor. Like, that still it sticks in my brain. I'm like, I could not ever imagine that. And that was
3: your normal. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people are realizing this. So when when there's outrage in the African-American community when police... Uh, kill unarmed American citizens, Uh, a lot of people don't know what that frame of reference, like where where that anger comes from, right? Because it doesn't seem like it's a lot. Like it's just like, oh, this happens and that happens. And, you know, FBI says only 19, you know, unarmed African-Americans were killed. Whatever that is, when you've been traumatized, over and over and over again, one is too many. You, you know, so as I'm explaining to people, and they like you said, you don't you don't have a you can't tap into anything like you don't know what you're just like what that sounds crazy, that's ridiculous. Why would that ever happen? It's hard for a lot of people to comprehend that so they don't necessarily or they didn't necessarily understand black lives matter and you know, one of the the, the one of the uh, one of the most disrespectful things you can say when someone says "Black Lives Matter" is "All Lives Matter," right? Because mm-hmm. now you're coming from a place of of not understanding a, um, a point of view. Now, by people saying "Black Lives Matter," that doesn't negate the value of any other race creed, nationality, citizenship at all. What we're just trying to point to is the systemic racism and segregation our people have gone through since the beginning, since the founding of this country. And that's hard for a lot of people to process, because none of us were alive back then. People have even said, you got to let slavery go. How, when it's embedded in the things that we do, the 13th Amendment states that if a person is convicted of a crime or goes to prison, they become a slave. Their rights are like, wait a minute, you know, and and, and so once you really look at the, the, the genesis and the origin of our pain in this country, yeah, seeing George Floyd being murdered begging for his life for nine minutes on national television, it has a, it's a heavier weight then that's just it's just one guy, and 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 more and more people like yourselves are 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 seeing this and understanding because you guys are now asking the questions, and that's the that's the progress that I like.
2: And then I think about the NFL, and I think of Colin Kaepernick, and there's been a lot of Colin Kaepernick talk over the last few days. And then, you know, even
1: the it was a silent those... protest. They want silent protest. You can't it's get more silent because... than that.
2: He was more, he was ridiculed and his career was essentially ended right? Yeah. by, by yeah. collusion and, and whether it was a conspiracy, whether, whatever it was, he clearly was better than at the very least, Steve, from a lot of backup quarterbacks in the national Football League. at the very,
3: very, at the very, very least. least, exactly. He could,
2: at the very least have been an excellent backup in a number of markets. And he was shut out from that because of silent protest. And now it's amazing because you feel like he's going to end up on the right side of history. Uh but I always think about about Capric, I think you you know, I know it's worth it in a way, but I also wonder, man, that's just a shame that a guy who went to the Super Bowl, by the way, and took a team to the Super Bowl, had his career end like that. Man, what talk about the ultimate sacrifice that he
3: made. Yeah, and You know, the funny thing is, people are like, wow, he was right. Exactly. (laughs) People who were vehemently opposed to the way he protested, the actual protests, all of that, are now saying, huh, wow, we probably should have listened more. Because the thing now that it kills me is, People who don't agree, agree with something, they always want to tell you how to protest or how to speak your mind. So what was happening when Colin Kaepernick was going through his thing, it was like, well, why does he have to do it there? Why does he have right. to do it like that? Because it oh, had the Trump most said, impact.
1: And, and Trump said he should be fired.
3: For he, doing should, it. he called him a son of a bitch, said he should be fired, said he, anyone who kneels should be uh, kicked out of the country. All of, the, all of this rhetoric. Right. All of this rhetoric. And it was only to bring awareness to what the entire world is experiencing right now. So to tell those same people who are bored of that protest to stop being so angry and protest silently. What happens when a silent protest is ignored? Right. This is this is this is the result of demonizing Colin Kaepernick and and and, and, and shunning any player and, and, and calling them uh, unpatriotic and all, all just all kinds of crazy things because these individuals, these African-American men decided that they were going to take a stand by taking a knee against something that has been running rampant in this country and the whole world gets to see what we were talking about on the front row right now, and, and it's just tough to here.
1: Oh, sorry, go ahead, Dan. I, I was just going to say, and you get to see it because now the cameras are always rolling.
3: Always imagine, rolling.
1: Imagine what what you've gone through, what so many people have gone through when the cameras aren't rolling. Just last night, I, I was watching the LA news, and these uh, store owners who were black were trying to wave down the cops because they had looters. Cops showed up put the store owners in handcuffs immediately. It's like you were doing this on live television while all of this is going on. What the f- is happening?
3: Yeah, we've, we've seen a whole nother level of police brutality during this protest. Uh, it reminds me of the 60s when my parents uh, were marching in the civil rights movement in the South. Um some of the images we're seeing from these police officers uh, mirror those type of images. And the fact that we're where we are now and they they still can't control themselves. Mm-hmm. Think about that. they still can't control themselves when the world is watching right? and and, and that goes to there's a problem with the system. Right. There's a problem with the way the hiring process. right. There is a there's a serious problem there because. It's like you guys, you know, you're on TV, right? You can't push a woman in her face to the ground. You can't in Seattle. They pepper sprayed a nine year old girl. Are you, like, where Where are we, a nine-year-old girl? This is what, like, this is, you can't, this is, you can't make this up. This is like, and then, there was uh, another,
1: there was another instance where a black man rolled through a stop sign, cops followed him home, his grandma came out to protect him, they threw the
3: grandma on the ground. She had a cane. That's what happens. That's what happens. Do you know they killed Brianna Taylor in her home? Mm-hmm. They shot her eight times looking for someone who's already in custody. <laughs> Nothing happened to those police officers. What? Or oh, what in the hell is going on? Yeah. This is the world we live in. That's why they're rioting across the the world. Canada, Germany. It was a million people marching down the street in Auckland, New Zealand.
1: Ephraim, in my hometown of Peterborough, Ontario, the, I think the population is like 97% white. They protested today for Black Lives Matter.
3: I love it because that's the only way the change can happen. This is becoming like a UN problem, right? When the UN gets together mm-hmm. and there's genocide in Rwanda or wherever, we get together as nations and impose sanctions or uh, create all types of 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 laws and aid we're we're we're, what what this is what's happening right now the world is speaking out about the dirty dark secret that america has built its foundation on and that's the mistreatment of african americans in this country period
2: and then when you have a president who let's be honest is essentially inciting the violence itself by his actions you,
3: I, you wonder- know what <laughs> it's so hard because you want to just off and be angry but if you do that when you talk about uh trump then that automatically shuts off people who you actually need to be reaching right right because they're like oh you're just mad or oh look how uh, angry you are so i i I, I hold that stuff down inside and I just let a man's action speak for him.
1: oh the Bible moment on uh, Monday was the most comical thing I've ever it, seen in my, and he he wanted to look to I'm walking outside. I'm tough and now the uh, the
3: the the pastors are uh, the, I don't know the church was, was like the, we the don't, church we're was not like, with him we are no part of this we are, we are not with him. And and he was trespassing because he didn't need to go to be over there. Oh. And I love it. People are like, it looks like
1: he doesn't even know how to hold a book.
3: I'm Here's sure. I'm sure he's never opened the but It might not even been a Bible. We don't even know what book that was. We don't know that.
1: Um, how's everything else? You good? <laughs> Hey, by the way, got, everyone forgets there's a pandemic going on.
3: Oh, pan- COVID 19 is still going on. Okay, so we've got happening. we've got this. We've got the, the,
1: the protests going on. We've got COVID. We got uh, the biggest recession maybe ever, and then the murder hornets. We need one more. We need one more thing. We need uh a five Fecta.
3: Do we Guys, do do it? s- oh <laughs> it's 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 going to be the largest hurricane season on record no! just FYI no yes <laughs> that is happening right like, now why are
2: we why are we laughing about that, that, that that's know. happening right now <laughs> oh my god
3: on record
2: Let me just say this that i feel like and christoph if you could cue up that thing that i that we have <laughs> i feel like there's something that's going to bring america together again and it's the <laughs> revival of a very special sitcom oh. that we did not get the opportunity to produce back in 2016 but I will say that I think now is the time for that sitcom to come back and this is The theme:
3: They came to the states to get a new life started and then they found out They were getting deported, but then they checked the law, found a little known loophole. They could stay with me if I took on a new role. Me and my boys, I became their dad. If you think it's weird, well, screw you, jerk. (laughs) Okay,
1: wait, wait, I have not heard that in forever. And that's, that is catchy. That is catchy.
3: That is amazing. I love that. <laughs> and I'm telling you, that would have been a hit show. Me adopting <laughs> two grown Canadian men <laughs> as my sons so they could stay in, in, in the country and we could continue to work together.
1: So the the backstory, yeah, oh. Ephraim pretty much explained it. We I don't know if we were all Maybe Jay and I were smoking weed at the time. I don't know. But we were like, hey, oh, what yeah, about me and my boys? <laughs> me and my boys. And <laughs> we just kept riffing. We're like, yeah, Ephraim, like, tucks us in at night. And we came up with that theme song. I think there was even an animation that was made. And yes. now, Ephraim, you have a production company. You can make this happen. We
3: can actually can do, do. It. I can actually write a pilot. I can write a treatment for it. Hey, a, I'm so we work in. for we work for
1: we work for a major media conglomerate. They would pick it up. They need content.
3: Okay, so what I'm gonna and I'm dead serious about this. What I'm oh, yeah. gonna do is I'm gonna put pen to pad and I'm going to write a treatment and I'm going to start on a pilot episode for me and my boys. Yes,
2: love it. This is incredible.
3: Finally,
2: and, something in 2020 that's positive.
3: The only thing I request is, like,
1: the most outlandish laugh track in the history of television. Oh,
3: one, one, <laughs> one thousand 1,000%. You, you don't even have to worry about that.
1: <laughs> Crave TV, uh, I hope you're listening. Crave TV, um, our company owns them, and
3: they're going to love this. Let's do it. They need content. Might as well.
1: Let's make Might it happen.
3: Well.
2: At the very least, let's do an animated version.
3: Oh, that would be amazing. Uh,
2: Right, let's do yeah. an anime, then we can just lend our voices to it. And you could be in Studio City, and we'll be up here and we'll record those voice tracks. And man, it'll be the next Family Guy,
3: like that will so be much money. awesome!
2: Yeah, and you can get
3: away with so much more a- with animation. Yeah, all right,
2: so it's settled, we've all agreed to it, and uh, the podcast listeners will expect it to happen. So look for that maybe in 2021 <laughs>
1: uh,
2: when all the hurricanes. End.
1: How many uh, we got to so we could spend an hour with you Ephraim but we got to let you go. We've taken you for Damn long. It. How many movies are going to be made about the year 2020?
3: Um probably <laughs> over a thousand. Yes. Literally. If you you can't you can't not make a film from here on our television show without mentioning the pandemic. Like you can't it it, it can't be done. Yeah. I just
2: I just laugh about how 2019 people are like, oh, thank God, 2019's over. I'm like, we didn't know it was coming.
3: Can we go back, please?
2: Yeah. Can we we just go back to We did a podcast tour and we had had sold out shows. It seems like it was 20 years ago, (laughs)
0: like
2: it really does. The humans came into theaters and gathered together. Oh, that's Ron. That's Ron the cat. Yeah, Dan's got a cat. That's That cat's got to be in me and my boys. Hey, yes. Ron.
1: Yeah, Ron's
3: <laughs> in me and my boys. Who names Who names the uh,
1: cat <laughs> Ron? So my uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter is a big Harry Potter fan, so there's a boy and a girl cat, so we wanted to find boy and girl names from like a movie or something. So Ron and Ginny Weasley from Harry Potter. So, it's so Ron all, of those,
3: all of those names in Harry Potter, and Ron and Jen <laughs> are the ones that come... Yeah, they're the brother and sister because they're brother what about and sister. Dumbledore? Right. What about uh Slytherin and Dinkledore? Because, what, what, because
1: we needed a Dumbledore. brother and sister. We needed a brother and sister name combo. Uh,
3: okay, if you say so. That's what you get. How, <laughs> that's what you get for letting your kids name things. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> All right. exactly. Ron, Ron is gonna
1: be a big part of me and my boys.
3: I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm okay. Can what, Ron talk? Can Ron talk? But he yes. only yes.
1: talks.
3: Yes. He, he only talks to me. Like he, yes,
1: yes. He, I love that so
2: much. So who, Ephraim? Who is the voice of Ron? We have to
1: think about that. Oh my God. That.
3: Oh. What if it's like Tracy? Mor- what if it's like there. Tracy Morgan or something?
1: So, but but here here's Ron. So at the end of the day, you've tucked Jay and I in. Ron comes in. Sparks a, a cigarette and's like those kids are f-ed up. <laughs> like, I'll say this.
2: <laughs> How about this name, Mike Tyson?
3: Boom! Yeah. Oh, Tyson. that's that's good.
2: Right? Yeah,
3: that's good. I like he, that.
1: He, he he's looking for work always.
3: always. Mike Tyson
2: <laughs> again. I always say Mike Tyson
1: mysteries may be the greatest fifteen minute show in the history of television. Every single
3: I, episode. I, I love it. Yeah, uh,
2: man, it's great to see
1: you. you I miss you
3: fantastic. guys, man. You,
1: you we never miss you. Age. I mean, oh. what is your secret?
3: Trust me, I'm aging. Trust no, me. No, have you seriously? Have you thinned out? You look like thin. <laughs> well, I'm trying to. God damn it, Ron, get off the camera. Yeah, Ron, <laughs> Gee.
0: Hey, he's hey, getting, put me down, he's,
3: man. He's, <laughs> <exactly>. Mother <laughs> always picking me up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Uh, the show writes itself doesn't it
3: it writes itself it's so it's easy it's so easy it so writes itself
2: all right my friends stay safe Uh, i hope the the boys are okay and and the family's good and it's awesome to see you man
3: i love you guys man i I really truly uh love you guys
2: we love you You too my friend this
3: thing don't shake out the right way i might be coming up there to live with y'all so
2: (laughs) we we got the room there's there's a lot of there's a
1: lot of country, and not a lot of people.
3: What well, are Jay's, you in a du- uh, is in wait, a dungeon. Both of you guys look like I don't. But wait, don't Jay's
1: remember. Jay's beds might fit you. My beds will not fit you.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Wherever Ron is sleeping, I'll hang out with him. <laughs> <laughs> See you, buddy. See you, buddy. Right, I love you guys, man. Okay. Love you, buddy. Right.
2: Take care. Bye. See you.
3: Oh, what
2: a, fun. What a gem. Yeah, good dude. Good dude. Oh, well, me and my boys crave TV. It's coming. Um, can we hear the theme one more time? Just one more time. Cuz it's so good. And the fact like what a voice. Like angelic. Like a young they came Marvin Gaye.
3: to get a new life started. And then they found out They were getting deported, but then they checked the law, found a little known loophole. They could stay with me if I took on a new role. Me and my boys, I became their dad. If you think it's weird, well, screw you, jerk. (laughs) Who wrote the theme? I think
2: it might have been Jason Cahill, actually. I, I'm going to ask him. I'll text him. Oh, our producer, our, our last producer. We only had about 1,000 producers in four years.
1: But think of like the, the, the hilarity that could ensue.
2: Oh, it's a, it's a great idea for a show. It's legitimately a show that
1: should exist and will. And, and Ephraim, I really believe that. So, And the other thing that makes it funny is because Ephraim is a massive human being. Oh, he's a big boy.
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Ephraim's a big boy.
1: So, yeah, it's uh, the whole
2: thing is just great. I think the graphic was like us tucked into bed like Ernie and Bert (laughs) with like stocking caps on, you know. (laughs) Uh, We've had some fun, guys.
1: Oh, we could have talked to him for two hours.
2: He's a good dude.
1: Well, guys, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I think that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, I got some M&M's to eat and um, a hot tub Stop.
2: Stop. What are you going to do tonight?
1: I'm going to edit this podcast. Get it up there. Ooh, whoa. Whoa. Get it up there. That's it. Okay. <laughs> That's <good> to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Right, stop. Well, stop. What you do in there, your own I'll time is your own business.
2: <laughs> That's, right. That's hey, right. This is fun. I've, I've laughed a lot.
1: Okay, guys, uh,
2: we'll uh, talk to you next week.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, guys, hold on. So he's coming up as unavailable. I tried him several times. No. <laughs> Welcome back to Skype.
1: Listening to the Jay and Dan podcast, brought to you by our friends at McDonald's.
0: James Duffy presents the Rubber Boots Podcast.
3: So we're sitting down at our table. The waiter comes up, and he's like profusely sweating. And this is like 100 percent his first line to us. He goes, "Hello, I am not well." (laughs)
0: I'm very ill. (laughs) You ate there? I came down with it yesterday. I've just not been good. Not good at all. Get it at tsn.ca and anywhere you get your podcasts.